find it funny that all the people I think I look up to, uh, alcohol is not a big part of their lives. So I want to well, welcome back, sorry, <laughs> to the With Joe Evie podcast. I'm so rude. Um, welcome back. I'm glad to have you here. And I want to talk about drinking friends. So I'm going to talk first about me, my relationship with alcohol. Now I grew up, I'm very grateful that my family is not the biggest drinking family at all. Dad doesn't drink at all. Mama, um, you know, sometimes socially. So when I was growing up, I never had the intention of being a drinker at all. So I was always the person at parties who's the designated driver um, and was, was certainly pressured and offered to drink, but never f- obviously forced. So I appreciate my friends for that. But they're also just probably happy to have a lift home. And I was, yeah, I was pretty content with that and never really interested in drinking. Uh, then I think I went to what we call in Australia schoolies, which is end of high school celebration. I went away to the sunny Gold Coast for a week, had lots of fun. I think that's when I just had a couple of drinks for the sake of it because I didn't think much of having a social drink at that point and, you know, kind of first light, lightheadedness, drunk experience, but then also kind of found the confidence it gave me probably more so socially but, and specifically with girls, to be honest, and which was probably something I definitely wasn't as good as good at at the time and so that's when I kind of oh this is probably very useful for that and you know had it it did add a bit of fun to things so you know became a drinker never never ever got out of control never ever relied on it never ever had a problem going without it for however long Um, but it always seemed to add more to the occasions when I was out though you know at that time I can definitely see how a lot of this is a problem especially I think especially in Australian culture a lot of our social interactions revolve around alcohol. So it really cements the place of alcohol in our lives, but also inhibits us developing other social skills, capabilities, and ideas for how we can spend our time. At the moment, I'm pretty sure I've just gone back to, I don't feel like I really want to ever drink much anymore, to be honest, apart from maybe the odd wine glass. Um, it just because its value has become lost and certainly never a crutch but yeah I think it's kind of gone but then I think about yeah again coming up to that point about how many are relationships because now that I do drink less I, I feel the pressure again and certain friends uh, you know really <laughs> get borderline aggressive about um, when we're at an event why aren't I drinking and there's an inquisition it's almost like it's offensive to the code of the behavior it's kind of like showing up to a Soccer game without boots is kind of how it's looked at. And the cult- again, the culture is what's happening. It's not individuals doing that. It's the culture. The culture is always acting above. It has its own superior intelligence to the actors and agents in the culture. But it's very powerful force. And I think more than talking specifically about alcohol, the, the metaphor of the drinking friends is to come back to two episodes ago, utility consumption model of friendship is being locked to consumption only experience surface level friendships that don't offer the depth that we all need. And I think the drinking friend idea is the ultimate metaphor for that. And I've heard Naval Ravikant, but also many people talk about this idea of, you know, people whose relationships that revolve around alcohol kind of don't really have a real relationship. They've just got an experience that they share, sharing together when they're drinking. And it's basically a relationship with alcohol and not with the person. Because if the relationships only exist propped up by alcohol, 
or some sort or insert some other substance or substance like experience then the substance of that person to that person unadjusted does not exist and the whole thing is much more hollow than it should be so it's the whole idea of so i think what happened in my life is obviously i started into projects and the writing and all the stuff that led to the podcast and all the learning and there's just other things that command my time it's the bucket i never sat down and thought I'm going to drink at these times and then I'm going to stop drinking. This is the something I thought consciously about. The bucket is drinking was a big part, bigger part of the bucket when I didn't have as much to do with my time. But now that other things command my time, it's just forced drinking out. It hasn't been like an intervention or a line in the sand drawn. It's just been slowly, or I'd rather on my Sunday not be hungover and spend lots of time working. Whereas some people, the best part of their week will be the drink they have Friday or Saturday night. And you can tell. They're the ones that pressure you to drink, which is a little bit sad. Um, so the bucket's forced it out. Now, the point I want to make is to never, ever, ever judge the drinking friends or the friends. It might not be alcohol, but maybe you move on, you know, in um, the Netflix show Stranger Things. It's like the Will's the character is the last one to get a girlfriend. All the other guys are worried about girls. He still wants to play Dungeons and Dragons. And that's like the drinking friend sometimes if... Everyone's bucket is, is now preoccupied, it's filled with other priorities. And he's the last one stuck on, you know, playing Dungeons and Dragons like they did when they were younger. And so it's it's that phenomenon I'm, I'm referring to. And drinking is just a really good everyday example of it. Uh, but yet to never judge, never judge those friends is important. And the only thing I've ever done is, you know, not, not consciously, but just had to because of my bucket and the things I need to spend time on, just turn down the volume on certain... Uh, relationships never cut them out never too good for people but never to judge them and just remember in the introduction episode for this podcast I talked about how I know you the fact that you're listening I know you because I know that you have many things in common with me that's why I wanted to talk about this idea of the drinking friend and the friends that we change and grow apart from a little bit is that they do have utility they can offer. A lot of people have this idea that there's certain people in their lives that are, that are no good and maybe the way they are now, they are no good. And maybe they will always be that way because they never actually break out of the culture. But really, the only people that act that way are just agents in a culture. No one would freely choose to be that way or be an, a, a bad friend to you. It may seem they, they, they are, but never, never, ever the case. Uh, I certainly have never had a problem with a friend like that, but I know a lot of people do. So that's why I want to talk about it. Again, everyone should be your friend, but just a matter depends on the level and the energy you give to them is completely up to you. But there should never be someone that you've drawn a, you know, it's different when people are causing damage in your life and don't deserve your time at all. That's fine. What I, what I think of with, again, the idea of the drinking friend is someone who, um, you know, the substance is not there, but they are a good person. They do contribute good energy, but the depth and the utility is not there, is that each of those per people individually, I assure you, is an introspective person like you too. Everyone has thoughts. The depth, those, the depth those thoughts go to and the amount of time they're given to have those thoughts might vary, and some people never get the time. Again, because the culture's built a certain lifestyle that kind of blocks the time out for people to think properly about things. 
but everyone has the introspective person in them. In my experience so far, everyone. Once you find it most when you have a one-to-one conversation with someone. Because this podcast, it triggers more of it with my friends. It triggers a lot more of it. So the way I think about it is I never compromise. I never change my brand. I am Joe. I do things like this. And I hold on that. I hold that brand. And I hold my space. I don't go back into the room I left, the drinking room now. I'm, I'm in a different room and I've opened a door to that room and I've left that door open. Now at the start, no one wants to go through that door because to them it doesn't make sense. It's like explaining a ghost. It's like seeing a ghost, learning that ghosts are real and then trying to explain it to your friends. It doesn't make sense and they think you're crazy. So that room doesn't make sense to them when you open the door. You're the outlier. But I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be in there and I'm going to leave the door open. And then what happens is that every now and then, if you do it right, a friend one at a time might leave the other room and walk through the door you've left open. It probably won't happen in a matter of weeks or months. It'll probably take years. But if there's no reason to shut the door, the door can stay open. And those people can find a better version of their lives through you. This is what I believe. This, to me, is very... Central idea to the thousand doors is that you've, we're all very well positioned to help the people around us, but this particular way, and it's not pu- you can't push anyone through a door, you can't drag them through. But each of your friends deserves a chance to, to go through the door until they don't. But if they come through one at a time, they enter the room consciously. And, the, and you go, in this room, we're doing this. We're more intentional with our lives. Drinking may or may not be a part, but it's not the whole room. This is not a bar, this room. This room's a life. This is a living room. And it may be all of them, in theory, could come through. All the drinking friends could come through that door. Because they come through knowing what they're getting into, you've repurposed the culture, and then everything happens very differently. But... It starts with you being in that room and holding firm. Thank you very much for listening again to the With Joe E.B. podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow. And don't forget, the best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others and leaving them open wherever you can.